to use for a subject today. My life, a life worth living. And then I want to personalize it. Lord, you make my life worth living. Well, praise God, we made it through 2021. It wasn't easy, but we're here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know I'm not the only one that's happy about that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We made it to 2022, a year full of possibilities. But as soon as we think we have a moment to breathe, it's that time again. Tax time. We have until April 18th. We have three months to pull it all together. And you can believe that the Internal Revenue Service agents are on their job doing their part. If you get a call from an IRS agent or a letter, it's not a welcome event. And I imagine that it's not excited for them to make the calls because they don't know what kind of response they're going to receive. But you better know they're ready. Amen. Uh, imagine me, if you will, on this weekend, and if you were a tax agent, and you went to a party, and you were having a wonderful time. But as soon as somebody asked you, so uh, what do you do for a living? A lull in the conversation would follow when you answered, I'm an agent for the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> now, I'd like you to imagine being a tax collector in Jesus' day. Oh, yes, there were plenty of taxes in the Bible days. There were religious taxes and taxes collected to run the government, taxes for the customs, the taxes for import and export, toll bridge taxes, crop taxes. There were sales taxes, property taxes, and special taxes when there was a wall or a building project. Rome taxes totaled 1% of a man's income. Technically, Romans collected these taxes. But they would hire local men to collect the taxes from the people. But they didn't pay these collectors. Instead, the local tax collectors made their living off of how much money they were able to charge to people over and above the legal taxes. And most of them became very rich. Now, in the book of Matthew, there was a man by the name of Levi. He was known as Matthew, a Jew, who was appointed by the Romans to be the area tax collector. And he collected taxes from citizens as well as merchants passing through the city. The Jews hated tax collectors because their reputation for cheating and for their support of Rome. And they also hated to think their money was going to pagan religions and for the support of their temples. Now Matthew sat at the receipt of customs and Jesus passing by said to him, follow me. And the Bible said that he rose and he followed them, him. More than any other disciple, Matthew had a clear idea how much it would cost him to follow Jesus. Yet he didn't hesitate. 
He didn't say, let me think about it. He didn't say, let me go and get my affairs in order. No, he immediately got up and he began to follow Jesus. Amen. When he left his tax collecting booth, he guaranteed himself unemployment. You see, the other disciples could always return fishing. Luke was a physician. But for Matthew, there was no turning back. Now, two changes happened when Matthew decided to follow Jesus first. Jesus gave him a new life. He not only belonged to a new group, but he now belonged to God. He was not just accepting a new way of life, but he would soon realize that he was accepting eternal life. He was now an accepted person. He could now hold his head up around his people. Second, Jesus gave him a new purpose for his skills. When he began to follow Jesus, the only tool that he took from his past was his pen. For God had a plan, and he didn't know at that time that God would use that skill that he had sharpened as a tax collector to record the greatest story ever told, the book of Matthew. And today, my sisters and brothers, much of what God has for us to do, he has already given us the ability to do it long before we were able to respond to the call. He gave us skills and talents ahead of time, but we look back over our lives and we feel that because of our past that God won't use us. But Father has a plan. And we have been in training all of our lives so that we would be able to fulfill our purpose. For the Bible says, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the will and the purpose for his will. Amen. You see, when we trust God with what he has already given us, we'll be given a life of adventure, never knowing what to expect, but we know that it's all part of his plan for our lives. Now, Levi sat at the receipt of customs. Let's look at this place called customs. It's a place of identification. Who who are you? And what is your purpose here? It's the middle ground, a place controlled by each government involved. Amen. Each government and each country that's involved. Okay. It's at customs where the decision is made whether you will enter into the country or not. If your papers are not in order and you don't have your passport, you will not be able to cross over. Is that right? Okay. People are standing around customs today trying to get someone to sponsor them and to take them through. Out of countries that are oppressed and bound and abused and enslaved, they need to be free. They need to be brought out. But their papers are not in order. Hmm. Now let's look at that spiritually. Because of disobedience, sin entered into the world, which caused a gap or separation between God and man. And we'll call that gap or that separation customs. Because there was no one and no way or no one that could bridge that gap. But God himself became the way. He bridged the gap through the blood of Jesus. For John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him 
shall not perish but have everlasting life. I'm so glad today to know that I'm a whosoever. Glory to God. What about you? Amen. Amen. Now the blood of Jesus is our passport and we no longer are bound or we're no longer held captives in our minds because of our past. We are free and we can now be identified as children of God. For the word of God tells us he who the son sets free is free indeed. Amen. We can now do the work that God has assigned our hands to do and there is nothing standing in our way. I remember a songwriter wrote a song that says, I feel all right. There's no condemnation. I feel all right. There's no condemnation. I feel all right. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation in my soul today. There's no condemnation in my soul. Thank you, Jesus. And when I look at the apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee and he was a murderer and he was hated anyone who called on the name of Jesus. But God had a plan for his life. He had skills that God wanted to use. Paul was intelligent. He was articulate. He was well-versed in the scriptures. And he was dedicated to his job. But one day while on the road to Damascus, it was there at customs that the decision had to be made. God got the attention and his response was, Lord, what will you have me to do? And because of his decision, God changed his life and made him the greatest missionary that ever lived. And you can hear him say through the scriptures, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in my conclusion, amen. Jesus told Matthew to follow him and his life was never the same. He told Paul, I'm going to use you. And he's still using him today through the scriptures. And if Paul and Matthew was here at this time with us today, they would say, Lord, you made my life worth living. And just as God used Matthew and Paul and many others, he is still using people today to change lives. So my question today to you in this new year is, what will your contribution be? How will you make a difference? Will you allow the Lord to use the gifts, the talents, your testimony, or whatever he's placed inside of you to make a difference in your life as well in the world? For the Bible says that we are the lights of the world, a city that's set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. Church, we have a job to do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But we don't have to worry about doing it all by ourselves. You see, God is in control. Hallelujah. I said God is in control. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Hallelujah. We've got to know for ourselves that God is in control of our lives. And today we should be grateful that we gave our lives to the Lord when he called us. But if there's anyone in the house today who has not given your life to Jesus, he said the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. 
He's standing waiting for you to accept him as your personal savior. He came down through 40 and two generations to die for you. Glory to God. And it's a personal thing. So if you haven't given your life to the Lord, I want you to know that today he is everywhere present at the same time. He's here with us right now. He's home at your house right now. He's in the car with you wherever you go. He's with you waiting to accept you, waiting to be accepted as your personal savior. He said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. His voice is the word of God. Hallelujah. Matthew 11 and 28 through 29 says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart and you will find rest unto your souls. Make this year, 2022, the year you surrender your total life, your total will to the Lord. It's a conscious decision. I can't make it for you. Pastor can't make it for you. It's all up to you. It's a personal thing. Amen. And the Lord is faithful. And he is just, amen, to hear your prayers and to accept you, amen, into the fall. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, may God continue to bless you. Amen.